I know our uh, Christmas decorations are all gone. Christmas is over, New Year has started, but we're still going to worship the one who came every day. Uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I've titled this Sunday, Vision Sunday, and we're going to take a look back as we go through this text at some of the things that God has done in 2021, talk about what we're going to do in 2022, and hopefully where we'll be in 2023. That's some good pastor rhyming for you right there. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, we're going to look at verses 50 through 58, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you have your place in God's Word, it will also be on our screens here. Would you stand with me as we read from it? 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 50. Paul writes, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want us all to read this last verse together, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil in the Lord is not in vain. I might have missed that up a little bit. <laughs> it's not in vain in the Lord. Let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, God, as we reflect back, on 2021, we see your faithfulness even in the midst of trials, tribulations, difficult seasons. Father, as we look forward to 2022, we pray that we would be faithful because we know that you are faithful, God. You are already faithful. You've been faithful. You are faithful. You will be faithful. And God, we just pray that we would echo that same faithfulness in our own lives. God, as we come into this place, as we read your word, as we, uh, Lord, open it up today, I pray that you would anoint me by the power of your Holy Spirit to preach it boldly, clearly, as it ought to be preached. I pray that you would help us to understand there's a day coming, a day of judgment, a day of reckoning. But, Lord, it's a good day for those who've trusted you. God, we praise you, Lord, that while we wait for that day, we toil, we work, we search we seek we do your will here on earth god we just thank you for the opportunity that you allow us to be your hands and feet on this earth so god i pray that the power of your word would be felt that would be heard and we would penetrate the hearts of the hearers lord that we would not just be hearers of the word but we would be doers as well today and this year for us in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen you may be seated there's an author by the name of Stephen Covey who wrote a book years ago. It was a very popular secular book titled The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And habit number 
two is one that's been said many times. You guys may have heard it. But those who are effective tend to be those who begin with the end in mind. You start with the end in mind, the end goal, the end result. That helps you be successful. And Paul is writing this letter to the church at Corinth. That's why it's called Corinthians, it's to the church at Corinth. And uh, Corinth was a devastatingly sinful city. In fact, to play the Corinthian was basically to be at Las Vegas or something like that. It was just to you know, revel in debauchery and do all sorts of sinful acts. And so it's a very, very dark place that this church found itself in. And it had many questions about what does it mean to be a Christian? What are some beliefs that we need to hold on to? What are some uh, characteristics of our lifestyle that we need to exhibit? And uh, he's addressed in this letter many different subjects uh, about marriage and human sexuality. He's talked about the Lord's Supper and how to partake of it properly. He's talked about the proper place of prophecy and speaking in tongues. And now here near the end of the letter, he is speaking on the resurrection because there's actually some who didn't believe in a resurrection. If you can believe that, there were Christians in the church at Corinth who did not believe that there was a resurrection from the dead. They still held on to old beliefs from before they became believers that uh, somehow they would disintegrate and be gone. There was no afterlife. When you're dead, you're dead. And Paul speaks of this uh, earlier in chapter 15. He says, now if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of, uh, some of you among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. And so he says there's a resurrection that took place with Jesus Christ. He rose again on the third day. If we don't believe that, we have no faith. We have no hope. We have no gospel. We have no Savior. We have no uh, way of uh, the Christian, Christian faith doesn't do anything for us. Uh, but he says here there is a resurrection. Jesus Christ was resurrected. And because he was, we will be. And so he's speaking in these last few verses, verses 50 through 58, on the hope that they have in Christ. And based on that hope, they live. Based on the end, they live today. Based on what God is going to do, that has a direct influence and impact on what they're doing right now. Uh, and so the word that I have as a focus for our church this year is steadfast. Everybody say steadfast. Steadfast. And we probably don't use that word very much in our vernacular, but it simply means being unwaveringly loyal. Loyalty without wavering, being firm, like a, like a firm, solid foundation that doesn't uh, move when there's a storm or, or when there's an earthquake, and some, it's something that's firm, seated, planted, uh, something that is solid. And so to be steadfast means to be unwaveringly loyal, unwa- unwavering loyalty. And uh, I, let me just tell you, you know, I've been here about five months now, and I'll tell you like I've told some of you already, I'm not here to reinvent the wheel. I'm here to keep it rolling. <laughs> I'm not here to, to change what the mission and goal of the church is um, because you guys came up with that some five years ago now uh, with a mission statement, which I think carries on to today and carries on to this year. And our three big words of that, it's on your bulletin on the front page there and on our logo, it's connect, conform, change. And let me unpack what those words are supposed to mean because I, I think maybe some of you don't know. Maybe some of you have forgotten what those refer to. Our mission statement for our church is to connect to God through worship. 
connect to God through worship. That's why we come together to worship God on a weekly basis. That's why we connect with each other as a church family, a church body, a community to lift each other up when uh, we're low and to bring us down when we get too high. We connect to God through worship. Number two, we conform to Christ through discipleship because your Christian journey doesn't stop when you get saved. That's only the beginning. And so if, you, if you're saved, whether it was two weeks ago, two years ago, two decades ago, when you get saved, that's the beginning of a new life in Christ, a new journey. And we're not here to make converts. We're here to make disciples. We're here to make lifelong followers of Jesus. And so we connect to God through worship. We conform to Christ through discipleship. That means conform to means, means to become like, to, to, to change yourself so you're like something else. Uh, and so we're conforming to Christ. We're becoming like Jesus. And then finally, change. We're called here at Hillcrest to change the world through service. And not in our own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we can't do anything in our own power. Amen? We need the Holy Spirit. Amen? Y'all with me this morning? I just want to make sure. So we connect to Christ through worship, we conform to Christ through discipleship, and then we, we change the world through service because your salvation is not for you. Not you alone. Your salvation is for you to build the kingdom, to expand the kingdom, to spread the kingdom. It doesn't, the buck doesn't stop with you, or it shouldn't. We are saved so that we can bless others and tell them about the gospel. The same Jesus who saved us can save them too, from eternal damnation, and we give that life-giving gospel to them so that they would believe and they would become believers and they would be born again and they would be discipled and the, the church continues to grow. And so the word that I have for this year as a focus, it comes in that uh, last verse, verse 58, is steadfast. And what that simply means is when you're steadfast in the Lord, it doesn't matter if things aren't looking so good on the outside. It doesn't matter if uh, think things are, are more difficult uh, versus easier being a Christian. I, I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet, but I can tell it seems to be that being a biblically faithful Christian is becoming a more difficult thing in this country. But that shouldn't change our beliefs. It shouldn't change our lifestyle. It shouldn't change who we are in Christ. Because listen, we look ahead in 2022 to what we want to do, and what we want to be, but we got to know who we are. we got to know who we are first. And so we are children of God. We are born-again, blood-bought believers who have been changed by the gospel. If we've trusted Christ, we are believers in Christ. And so Paul is writing to the church in Corinth to say, hey, here's what you need to hold fast to. Here's what you need to hold on to, that Jesus did rise from the dead. Jesus is alive today. And there is a resurrection that's going to take place. So here's three ways to be steadfast in 2022. Three ways to be steadfast in 2022. Number one, start fresh. Verses 50 through 53 say this. Paul says, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Man, that'd be really bad news if God didn't step in, right? <laughs> I'm flesh and blood. I don't know about you, but I sure am. So Paul says there's a change that's going to take place, really a change taking place in the life of a believer. 
We teach that we're justified. When we believe in Christ, we're justified before the Father, which simply means, it's a fancy way of saying, when God sees us, he doesn't see our sin, he sees Jesus. He sees his righteousness and not our righteousness, because our righteousness is, as the Bible says, as filthy rags. Our righteousness is no good because it's been tainted by our sin. Uh, no amount of good things can undo the bad things that we've done. But, uh, but here we understand that we're flesh and blood. We have sinned. We've fallen short, short of God's glory. Uh, but we know that God has stepped in, that God has made a way, and we're being changed. We're not just justified. We're also being sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's that discipleship. That's that growth track. That's that, that change that's slowly taking place because hopefully you're not where you were when you got saved, but you know that you got further to go from where you are right now, right? You got further, further distance to go, further, further to travel on this road, this journey, this Christian walk. And so Paul says here, brethren, you know, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. I'm sorry, they, we, we can't do it on our own. He says the perishable cannot inherit the imperishable. Perishable uh, or corruptible, there's another translation that says the corruptible, which is us, cannot inherit the incorruptible. And so here's what God offers us. He offers us a fresh start. How many of y'all have broken a New Year's resolution? <laughs> All right, if everybody's honest, every hand, <laughs> right? You've started, I don't know if it was a diet, I don't know if it was a financial goal, you know, uh, whatever it was. We've all, like, we've been there, okay? January 3rd comes, and, you know, you've already <laughs> off track, right? Um, we fall short. That's just part of the human experience. That's what the Bible tells us about. We are fallen, sinful human beings. We don't get it right. We're not perfect. And so instead of beating ourselves up, we just got to keep going. So if you miss something, if you... If you've fallen off the track, just get back on. There's a, there's a new start. And I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to say, hey, it's a new year, and I need, I need to be a new me. I need to change myself. We don't, we, we don't give power to the fact that every day is a new day. Jeremiah says in Lamentations, his mercies are new every morning. And so every day is a time to start fresh. And so um, he says here, uh, the, the, imperishable cannot, or the imperishable cannot inherit the imperishable, verse 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Uh, let me unpack that a little bit. So that word mystery is not like what we think of a mystery being uh, something unknown, uh, something you don't know, like uh, what's you know, beyond the universe or something like that, the things that we don't know about. The word mystery here in this context it's more like the end of a mystery novel. You know, you are, it's, a bit, it's been revealed. It's been unpacked. So here's the mystery. Here's the ending of the story. Here's what he says. I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. And by sleep, uh, the Bible, Jesus Christ himself uses that word as a reference to bodily death. And so he says, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. What, what does he mean by that? We are, we're all going to die. Well, he means that Jesus is coming back, that some of us who are not dead at that time will be taken. He's talking about, he's eventually talking about the rapture and the tribulation and the, t the end times when the day of judgment takes place. And so he says, there's a, there's a revelation. We're sinful. We have fallen short of God's glory, but there's a revelation. We will be changed from our corruptible state to an incorruptible state. We will be changed from a perishable state to an imperishable state. We will be changed from, this world in fact, will be changed from a world that is broken by sin, uh, that has viruses and pandemics, that has earthquakes and typhoons 
and uh, hurricanes and all sorts of things that we, we deal with because of the effects of the fall of Genesis 3, the effects of Adam's sin, our forefather's sin, uh, has called this world, caused this world to be broken and fallen and sinful. But God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth, and we are going to live there if we have trusted Jesus Christ, not by our own works, but by his work, by his grace, by his mercy. And so this old flesh needs a refresh. He's going to refresh us to be a new glorified individual because we won't have pain, we won't have sorrow, we won't have suffering. Uh, The Bible says in the Old Testament and in Revelation that he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. And so he's speaking with the end in mind here. Paul says, listen, here's how you need to live today because here's what's going to happen tomorrow. might not be tomorrow, right? But here's what's going to happen in the end. I know the end. Here's the, the mystery's been revealed. It's been uncovered for us. God has given it to us. We don't have to guess. We don't have to uh, just figure life out. It, God has revealed his truth to us about what's going to take place for believers. And so he said there's a revelation, but we will be changed. Uh, this mystery has been revealed to us, uh, and God has shown it to us. And so he says in verse 52, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Again, he's speaking of the rapture. He's speaking of Jesus coming back. The sky's going to crack open. He will come back and descend. The children of God, like those of us who are still believers, or those of us who are still here on this earth, uh, will be raptured up with him. Uh, there will be a tribulation period after that. Um, and so it says the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed for this, verse 53, for this perishable must put on the imperishable and this mortal must put on immortality. It's imperative that, hey, you know, we, we're in a fallen, broken world. We all know that. But God offers us a fresh start, and God makes all things new. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so we start fresh this year. We start fresh today. The past is in the past, but it's not about where our feet have been, but where our toes are pointed, Right? So it's all about where we're going. Start with the end in mind. Where do you want to be the end of this year? So he has the end in mind. He's, spoke, he's actually speaking about the end, <laughs> capital E, end, the end times, uh, and, and about the tribulation that's going to take place. But it shouldn't scare us. It should prepare us for what is ahead. So number one, to be steadfast in 2022, we've got to do what? Start fresh. Start fresh. Number two, we've got to stand firm. My dad always used to say, if you don't stand for something, you'll what? Fall for anything. It's a problem with our world today. People don't know what they stand for. And maybe people know more what we're against than what we're for. The church, we've got to know what we're for. We've got to know where to stand or else we'll be taken aback. Let me just tell you, there's a statistic that came out um, from the U.S. Census Bureau. The census was just taken, I think, 2020 that less than 18% of homes in the U.S. have a married couple with kids in the home, a traditional family, like 17 point something percent, less than 18%. If you are a married person with children in a home, like you are a minority in this nation. It's just, it's just the way that it is. And so with that in mind, we got to understand, like, we don't have the culture on our side. It's working against us. 
And now we're not countercultural just to offend people or just to be different. We're countercultural only when the culture just happens to be against what God's word has told us is true and what God's word has told us is right. Because we all know, listen, what's right today is wrong tomorrow, right? That's just the way of the world. What's, what's wrong today is right tomorrow, and it's ever constantly shifting. And so we as believers, we're not shifting. We're not drifting. We've got to be standing firm on the word of God. That's why Paul is writing this letter to them. That's why Paul is encouraging and instructing and correcting these Corinthian believers because there's some things they got wrong. There's some things they're doing right. He encourages them. He gives a thanksgiving at the very beginning of his letter, which he does in all of his letters except for Galatians. Um, but he is speaking uh, pastorally here to say, hey, here's, here's what you need to do. Look, I, y'all have done, you know. Y'all have done some bad things here. I'll just say that. <laughs> There's some crazy things that he encounters. But here's the right way. Here's the best way. Here's God's way of doing this. Here's God's way of having relationships. Here's God's way of worship. Here's God's way of understanding our daily lives. And so we've got to stand firm on God's word. Here's what uh, Paul says in verse 54. When this perishable, this body, will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal have been put on immortality, Then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Verse 55, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Paul is paraphrasing two texts here um, from Hosea 14, verse 13, and also uh, in Isaiah 25. He's paraphrasing those passages, and so he's quoting the Old Testament. As I've mentioned here many times before, you can't understand the New Testament without the Old Testament. It's the bedrock of the New Testament. And so he's, he's paraphrasing those texts. No doubt uh, the Jewish believers in Corinth would have already picked up on the fact that he's quoting from those two texts. And uh, he says that this will fulfill that. When we have become immortal, when we have put on the glorified body, when we have uh, been completed fully in Christ, you know, we're all works in progress here, right? <laughs> Maybe speaking for myself. We're all work in, a work in progress, uh, but one day we'll be perfected. And he says, when that happens, he says, death will be swallowed up in victory. And, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Uh, Isaiah says, oh, death, where is your thorns? Oh, Sheol, where's your thorns? And so the sting of death is gone. And how differently do you live your life knowing what the end is going to be? You know, I, I think, about, think about Christians in other nations. I, I, I realize I just talked about our nation and uh, how there's a countercultural move against Christianity and, and so, so forth. All that aside, we're very blessed to be in this nation because there are countless countries. I don't even have to name any. I could rattle off like 10 right now where you can't even pass out Bibles in the street without somebody taking you in their van. And I think those, those Christians aren't fake Christians. There's no fake Christians in persecuted nations. There can't be. There can't be. Because they don't, they don't have a way to live comfortably being believers. It changes literally everything. They're ostracized from their families. Like it takes almost everything away from them to follow Jesus. And yet, they stand firm on God's word. They don't waver in what he has taught and what he's told them, even to the point of losing their lives. There's been many martyrs that have lost their lives, not just in the, old, not just in the, in the New Testament days, as many of the disciples uh, were martyred, but modern-day martyrs who are giving their lives every day for the sake of the gospel, having a church, uh, an underground church that takes place in China and all, all these other nations that, that have these where it's a house church and uh, they can't advertise it very much, but those churches are growing so rapidly and God is blessing that. It's because they're faithful. It's because they're standing firm on God's word. 
not because they can advertise very well. It's <laughs> not because they promote it very well. It's just because God is there, and they're being faithful, and God is blessing it. And so Paul is uh, paraphrasing those texts and saying death is swallowed up in victory. Corinth, remember this, that no matter how hard it gets, Hillcrest, remember this, no matter how hard it gets, you will be with God when you die. If you don't die before he comes, he's going to take you home. And so if you know the end, it helps you in the present. It helps you right now. And so stand firm because if you, if you just knew how good it was, you wouldn't waver, you wouldn't falter, you wouldn't alter what you believe. And now listen, don't get me wrong. The, our beliefs don't change, but the body does. The body moves. Right, we are called the body of Christ. Right, that's what the Bible. The Bible literally uses that analogy that we are the body of Christ. Christ is the head, and we are the body with different parts who do different things. And uh, we, you know, we're we're part of that community. And so, the body moves. Right, <laughs> if it's not moving, it's dead. Right, and so we got to move. We got to do what God has called us to do. And so, some of us maybe, if we haven't been doing those things, we need to step up and do those things. If we see an opportunity where help is needed. We need to step up and help in whatever ways we're gifted. Not everybody can do everything. That's the nature of the body. The hand can't do what the foot does. The eye can't do what the ear does, and so on and so forth. We're all called to different things. We don't all have the same gifts, and that's good because we're all uniquely made in Christ Jesus, and so we've all got different gifts. Pastor can't do everything, right? You guys are the body of Christ. We are all called together to be on mission together, to win lost souls together, and so our beliefs don't move, but the body does. We need to be on the move. So we start fresh in this new year. We start fresh every day. Secondly, we stand firm on God's word. This is why Paul is quoting the Old Testament here. He's like, look, this is, this is what God has already said. I'm just pulling it through, and I'm telling you, this is that promise that he made, and it's going to be kept because he always keeps his promises. Death, where, where is your sting? Where is your victory? Here's where the victory is. Verse 56 and 57. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law but thanks be to god who gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ and so sin convicts us right we're convicted because we have sinned and broken god's laws broken his commandments the law condemns us because of course that's what we broke right and so the law says okay if you uh if if you've hated your brother you're guilty of murder jesus went further than the law even and uh, you've committed murder in your heart. And so we've all sinned and fallen short. We've all told lies. We've all dishonored parents. We've all you know, broke, you know, we've put other gods before the one true God of the Bible. And so we, we've all sinned. And yet sin convicts us. The law condemns us. But Christ has conquered death. Christ has conquered everything for us. Christ uh, has, has defeated death and has the victory for us. And so we connect to God through worship uh, by starting and staying fresh, starting fresh and staying fresh. And we stand firm and conform to Christ by living in his victory and becoming like him. That's that discipleship. And so it says the sting of death is sin because the wages of sin is death. That's what you earn for sinning is death. The power of sin is the law. Why is that? Because if you've sinned, the law is not your friend. The law is your enemy. The law is what condemns you. But verse 57, Paul says, and Paul is a recipient of the same grace. Paul is not speaking as one who is above the Corinthians. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ.
Christ. We stand firm on the word of God because Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus came, he lived, he died, he rose again, and we are called to live like him. If we've repented of our sins, I mean, say we're sorry for our sins, that we admit that we're a sinner, and we trust Jesus Christ alone for salvation, we will be saved. That's a promise from God himself. That's why Jesus came. So we start fresh, we stand firm, and then finally, in the battle, we're called to stay faithful. Verse 58, and then closing here, Paul says, therefore, and uh, I know this is like a pastory saying, right? But if you see the therefore, you got to ask, what's the therefore, right? So the therefore is connecting all the stuff from behind it, right? So early all throughout this chapter, he's been talking about the resurrection. There is a resurrection from the dead. Jesus did rise from the dead. If he didn't, our, our faith is in vain. And so because he rose again, because he is alive, we shall live. Because he's alive, we have life and will have life forever. We will be with him forever. We're co-heirs with Christ. And so because of that, because we will be changed, because Jesus is coming back, because whether we die now or whether uh, we are still alive when Jesus comes back, he's got us. And so because of all this, therefore... My beloved brethren, my brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. You know, Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And we've seen heroic instances where someone sacrifices their, their lives in a, in a crisis moment, does something uh, to save someone's life in a, in a crisis moment. And that's really great. But you know what's really difficult? What are, what's really challenging is living day to day, every day, and being faithful to God every single day. Not just showing up in one moment, but every day showing up. Every day being faithful. Every day following Jesus. Not just at one pivotal event, but every day, daily seeking God, daily uh, praying to Him, reading His Word, daily searching the scriptures. And so he says, stay faithful. He says, my beloved brethren, I mean, he's speaking pastorally here. He loves these brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, be steadfast, immovable. He's just, it's really just a, a, a synonym there, the same meaning. Just be, be steadfast, be solid, grounded in the faith, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You know, remember, I looked up that word always. It means always. Always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that your toil or your work is not in vain. You ever thought your work is in vain? You ever thought, why am I doing this? What's the point? I know, I know, from, <laughs> I know from talking with you guys, there's been moments like that. Why do we do this? You know, I've, it's hard for pastors like me, you know, I look out here, there's empty seats, right? But it's not about the numbers. Numbers matter because those are people behind the numbers. <laughs> but I'm, I'm looking for, and God's looking for, not just quantity, but quality. And so we are being faithful in what God has called us to do. If numbers go up or if they don't, because if we are each individually following Christ, remember, we can't save anybody. Only Christ can save. We are just his messengers, and we've got to let the Holy Spirit work in his time. 
There's plenty of churches that can make numbers go up by doing all kinds of things. But we're going to do what? We're going to stay faithful. We're going to stand firm on God's word because that's how the church really grows. It's how you get somebody. It's how you keep them. So if we win somebody by the unadulterated, pure gospel of Jesus Christ, if we win somebody through that, we've got them because God's got them because God has changed their life. And it's not because they came to get something else. They came and, you know, we, we might have, a, we're going to have events. We've done Halloween. We've done, you know, back to school bash. We, we're going to do things like that again this year. Those are, those are uh, planting those gospel seeds and making connections with people so we can connect them to God. They can start connecting and conforming and changing along with us. But God is the one who's faithful. God is the one. And sometimes, listen, to move forward, sometimes we've got to be still and know that God is still worthy. He's still faithful. He's still working. He's still holy. He's still powerful. He's still saving. And I can say with confidence that this year we have seen God move here at Hillcrest. Even before I came here, back in February, you guys started picking up kids on Wednesday night. 30 to 40, almost sometimes 52 kids, right, Miss Vicki? There's so many children that we pick up who don't come to church here. Parents don't come to church here. They don't come to church on Sundays. But we pick them up on Wednesday nights. We feed them and we teach them the word of God. You guys started that. Y'all did that. I wasn't here. Again, I'm not here to change the wheel. I'm, he- I'm here to help it roll. Maybe roll a little better. I hope. With God's help. We have seen people saved. We've seen people make professions of faith. And we've also seen people follow up in baptism. Even before I got here, Pastor Steve had the privilege of baptizing Jenna McKenzie um, not long before I started here. And I had the privilege of baptizing Damaris um, and seeing another uh, young girl get saved on our Wednesday night ministry. And um, we've seen the fruits of God's labor, of, God, of what God is doing here. Um, again, we can't do anything of our own. We've, we've packed shoeboxes for kids around the world. We did 112 this year. I hope we do 300 next, this year. I hope we do 300 this, this coming Christmas. And we're going to start a little earlier collecting items uh, this year. Uh, and we've seen, you know, just so many different things. I have seen things from you guys in terms of your generosity. Um, you have just blessed my wife and I in so many different ways, um, have made us feel so welcome here, um, and I'm so, so thankful that God called us here, and I know for a fact that he did, and I'm so, so incredibly grateful for each and every one of y'all. Um, y'all have been a blessing to my family. I, I sincerely mean that. Um, thank you uh, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your generosity. It, it really says a lot to me, and it says that you guys are real. You guys are in it, and if, if we're in it together, nothing can stop us. Because Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. And so he's still in control. Everything led up to this. He said, therefore, after all this, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, even when it seems like it's not bearing any fruit. And as a children's pastor, I learned that um, sometimes you won't live to see the fruits of your labor. You just get to plant the seed, and the fruit's going to grow a lot longer it's going to outgrow you it's going it's going to outlive you and that's okay because listen we're expendable right (laughs) we're expendable we all do have a a expiration date maybe it's not in 2022 i don't know but what we need to do is equip the next generation for the work of the ministry equip the next generation by teaching them the gospel planting those gospel seeds so that they when they are of age 
will come to faith in Christ by his power, by, by, in his time. We can't, we can't push a child to Christ, but we preach to them. We, we can't push people into the faith, but we do preach to them and tell them the truth and offer the truth to them. They may not take it. They may just throw it away, but we offer it to them anyway because God did that for us, and he was gracious to us until we finally <laughs> accepted that gift. And so we're called to stay fresh this year. That, let's, let's not just go through the motions, okay? Let's not just go through the motions. That's why with this Bible reading plan, you're not just supposed to read, you know, Mark chapter 1 starting tomorrow. I want you to do that. <laughs> but I don't want you to just do that. I want you to pray over it. I want you to ask, what is God saying to me in this text? And I want you to say, like, what, what can I do? How can I change my life based on what God's word is feeding me with? Because listen, I... You know, my, my words are nothing without God's word. God, God's word is everything. God's word is our bread, the bread of life. And so uh, we're called to start fresh, to stand firm in the faith. We're not here to change what God's word says. Um, if we do that, we're not part of the church anymore. We're some other entity. If we are faithful to God's word, we are his church. We are uh, preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're being faithful to him. So we stand firm and we stay faithful. We don't change that, but we do, we do change and, and move as the body because there's different ways that we can be effective in ministry, different ways that we can reach other people. And so that's, that's why we remain faithful because we know that God is working. Even if we don't see the fruits of what we're doing, God is working. God is faithful and his word will not return void. And so my vision is simply this. Again, I'm not a prophet. My vision is that we would all be steadfast in the faith, that we would be unwaveringly loyal. And if that calls us deeper into discipleship, which I think it does, that we would be faithful in that. If it means joining this church body, if it means starting to volunteer in a ministry you've never volunteered in, if it means serving in a capacity you've never done before, ask where God would have you be. Because I can guarantee you he's got a place for you. I believe firmly that every member is a minister not just the pastor or the worship leader. We are called, all of us, to do God's work, to do God's will, and to build the kingdom of God. So what's God done in 2021? God's saved lost souls. God's let us see baptisms. Uh, God's let us you know, reach people and get people here that's never been here, never stepped foot on this campus before. Um, what's God going to do in 2022? I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know. I do have announcements of things that we're going to plan out and uh, opportunities that you guys can serve and we can partner together in that. Um, and where will we be in 2023? I pray that we'll be closer in our walk with Jesus. That's what I pray. That by the end of the year, we can say, hey, we've read through the New Testament as a church, that we've all grown closer to each other and grown closer to God in this year. If you're here today and you have not trusted jesus christ as your savior today is the day of salvation today is the day to trust him because we don't know what tomorrow will bring so if you're watching if you're listening if you're here in this room if you have not trusted christ as your savior you say what do i need to do you repent of your sins you say i am a sinner you believe that jesus is who he says he is that he is the messiah that he was sinless that he was born of a virgin he died on the cross he rose again the third day he's still alive today at the right hand of the father I know I rattled that, rattled that off really quickly, but you, you believe that Jesus is simply who he says he is in his word because he's faithful and he's true. And then finally you confess that, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord, not just that he's someone else's Lord, that he's a Lord, the Lord, he's my Lord. If you're here today and you're a believer, you're a follower of Jesus, I urge you, I 
beseech you to seek after him today. Get closer to him. Don't be satisfied with where you were last year in your walk with Christ. Grow closer to him. Because listen, we are being perfected, y'all. Day by day, the Holy Spirit is working in us, doing things that we could never do, equipping us to do things that we would never imagine. But God is there to give us the ability. And so as God works in your life, heed the call of the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. Because we can't do anything without Him. But if we let Him lead, He'll do things, and you'll be like, I don't even know how that happened. It wasn't even me. But God just showed up, and He did this. And I just, I, I can only give him the glory because I couldn't have done that. I didn't even plan that and it just, and so we make our plans, but the Lord directs our steps, amen? Mm-hmm. So I've got some announcements after the sermon's over. <laughs> but uh, again, God, God's got other plans. He can change this stuff anyway. If, if the last two years have taught us anything, it's that stuff can change overnight, right? Mm-hmm. But one thing we know that doesn't change, that God is faithful. Amen. He's able and he is good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you today for your presence in this place. We thank you that we have your word right here in front of us, God, that we don't have to look for a new word from you somewhere out there in the ether from some, some preacher somewhere. We got it right here in our hands. We thank you, Lord, that you've revealed yourself through your word. And God, that Jesus is the word incarnate. Lord, that you came down. That's what we just celebrated at Christmas, that the word became flesh and dwelled among us. Thank you, God, for enduring the cross for us, Lord, as we look forward to Easter and remembering that sacrifice, remembering the resurrection also, that you didn't just die, you rose again, and you're still alive today, and because you rose again, we have life. And Lord, it's not just the life that's coming later. If we've trusted you today, we've got a life right now, a new life in Christ. We're a new creation. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. That's why Paul says the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. We have to be made new. And Lord, you make us new. Lord, help us to start fresh in this new year. Lord, we know what we've done in the past. You know what we've done in the past better than we do. Lord, it's not about what's happened. It's about what you're doing right now. And Lord, I pray that every heart right now would be focused on you, that Lord, we would think about where we want to be at the end of this year. And Lord, that it would be a place you would want us to be, that it would be where you have drawn us and that we followed you and we can say, Lord, you were faithful the whole way and God, I did my very best to be faithful to you. Lord, there was times I faltered, times I failed. But you picked me up when I fell. You held me by the hand. You led me to where I am today. God, continue to lead me, guide me, show me the way. Lord, you've got our days numbered on your calendar, God. Let every one of them count for you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take my life, lead me, Lord.
Are you going to be closer to God this year than you were last year? I pray that you would be. I pray we'd take steps in that direction. Um, so don't forget to pick up a copy of the Bible reading plan as you go out. There's some there on the foyer. If we run out, I'll print some more. That'd be great. Um, but you can also follow us online if you want to go to hillcrestrafer.com. You can click that link and you can follow along with me and my wife and some other individuals there. Um, as we go through every day, it's a five-day-a-week, five minutes a day. I think we can handle it. So let's do that together. Um, I'm going to try not to keep us too awful long, but I've got a, a few announcements, just mostly from the first quarter of the year here, um, some different events that we have coming on. So um, I've got a class that I want to begin. Um, I don't have a date set for this, but it's going to be called Foundations, and it's a new or prospective members class. Um, I don't have a date set. It would most likely take place during Sunday school time on a Sunday morning, so like 9.45 to 10.45. Um, we've got some new families that have been coming. I've got some that uh, may be joining soon, and um, I've had some express uh, some interest in having a class like this. And so it would be like a three-session, you know, three-part class um, where we would come together um, for about 30 minutes to 45 minutes and have a little time for questions at the end, talking about what is the church, what do we do, and what does it mean to be a member of the church. So um, if you'd like to be a part of that, just let me know. Um, there's some contact information there in the bulletin. Um, January 25th, that's on a Tuesday um, from 10 to 11. I know some people are working during that time, but we are partnering with Noonday Kitchen. A lot of you are already very familiar with this, um, but they are going to begin every month, monthly, um, usually on Tuesdays, um, uh, the last Tuesday of the month, I think is what we're going to do. Um, we're going to have a produce stand here to benefit some families that would need that food. Um, we know personally of some families that would benefit from that, and if, if you know of other families um, that would benefit from that, let me know because it's kind of by pre-registration. Um, and so that's an opportunity for us to reach out to our community for those who are in need. Um, I'll also be here to be able to speak um, to some of those families and spend some time with them. Um, if you'd like to volunteer for that or, or know of any families that would benefit from that, just let me know. Um, January 30th, that's the last Sunday of this month, fifth Sunday of the month, um, Todd Stout who's the executive director of Camp Grace, is going to be here and present for just a few moments about Camp Grace and about what they do. Um, they don't just have summer camps, although they do have summer camps for elementary, middle, and high schoolers. Um, but they also do some family events that are like a one-day deal or a weekend-type deal, elementary retreats and things like that. Um, so he's going to be uh, giving some dates and some opportunities there. Um, so that, that'll be January the 30th on a Sunday during our worship time. Uh, February 12th. Um, so on, the, on that Saturday, the second Saturday of February from 9 to 1, we're going to have a marriage conference here in the fellowship hall. Um, this is for married couples. This is for non-married couples. This is for like, couples who want to know how, what it means to like, follow Jesus together and uh, help work some things out. Pastor Joe Hickson, who is the founder of North Star Ministries, is also the pastor of Center Baptist Church in Wade. I've met with him, spoke with him, and he is going to come and give that uh, conference for us. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, it includes breakfast and lunch. Cost is $15. Um, child care by request, so let us know if you do need child care for that. I'm going to have registrations for, for some of these events online this week, uh, so just be on the lookout for that as well. Um, February 19th, that's also on a Saturday. Um, our Bowl of Abundance uh, Open Door Soup Kitchen Ministry will be here in the Fellowship Hall. A lot of you guys are very familiar with that. Um, but what we do is we, we all make soup. <laughs> My wife makes some really good soup, like, like white chicken chili and stuff like that. Anyway, so maybe she'll win. But it's a competition for soup, like sell, sell, selling soup. Uh, the bowls are, I think, 5 or $10, depending on what type of bowl it is and all that. It's to raise money for the Open Door Soup Kitchen. Uh, Bishop Al Anderson uh, is the founder and um, uh, overseer of that. And so... Be aware of that event coming up February 19th. Make some soup and get your recipes ready. Uh, March 11th and 12th. I'm really excited about this. Um, ladies, we had like 
not a women's conference, but y'all went to a concert last year. And I haven't forgot about y'all. We'll have a, a conference this year. Uh, it's going to be in August, Priscilla Schreier in Greensboro. But coming up sooner in March, um, for all of our men here, all ages, um, there's a conference in uh, Rocky Mount, uh, Inglewood Baptist Church. It's called the East Coast Men's Bible Conference. I have been there probably three or four times, and it has blessed my life. Um, it was part of why I began ministry, because of God speaking to me in and through that conference. You're talking about good preaching, like, this ain't good preaching, okay? This is good preaching. Like, this is like cream of the crop type preaching. Um, it's $35 for a ticket if we go ahead and order it by, I think, middle of February or something like that. Um, just go ahead and, like, let me know if you want to go to that. It's going to be on a Friday and Saturday, March 11th through 12th. Um, we'll coordinate transportation. We might take the van. If there's more of us, we'll split up or something like that. We have to stay overnight. Um, so one of y'all is going to sleep on the floor. It ain't going to be me, but um, I'm just joking. I'm just picking, but uh, I look forward to that. I would love for all of us to get together on that, so any men who'd be interested in that, just let me know, um, and man, I've got a, I got a ton of other announcements, but uh, really, really quickly, um, Camp Grace and VBS, we haven't had vacation Bible school at this church in like two years, from what I understand, because of COVID and things like that. We're going to have vacation Bible school this year. I don't have a date for that set, because I'm waiting to see the dates for Camp Grace, and I try not to have them in the same month because it's a lot. <laughs> so uh, we'll probably have VBS in June or July, and then it'll alternate. One of, your camp will be in one month, and then and, uh, VBS will be in another month. Um, but get, get with me on that if you'd like to volunteer for that. Uh, we'll also begin collecting, as I mentioned earlier, shoebox items a little earlier this year, um, probably late July, early August, something like that. Um, so that'll be com- forthcoming as we, as we go forward. Two other things I, I did mention. Uh, women's conference coming up in August. That's going to be, this is not in your bulletin, but August 27th, um, that's a Saturday. It's in Greensboro. It's from 9 to 345, and Priscilla Schreier, many of you are familiar with her, um, is going to be there speaking. Uh, it's called a Going Beyond Women's Conference. It's going to be really good. Um, so that'll be, there'll be sign-ups as, as we get closer to that. And also, one last thing, one last thing before we go, um, another outreach event is we have rented um, and reserved from our North Carolina Baptist on Mission a health screening bus a dental bus um, to be here on campus on October the 15th. That's a Saturday. Um, we have, I think, a dentist who's probably going to be lined up, possibly, for the dental bus. We still need an RN or something uh, higher than that for the uh, health screening bus. Um, that's going to be another opportunity for us to bless our community here um, and give some free uh, screenings and health care there. Um, so a lot of great things that God is going to do this year. Um, and again, I, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not God. <laughs> God can change any of this, and I think he's going to add to some of this. Um, but this is just a snapshot, a sneak peek of some of the things that are coming up in this year. I know I've talked too much, um, but thank you guys uh, for worshiping here with us today. Let's pray as we close our service here. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for another year, seeing another day, another year. Um, we praise you for life, the gift of life, which is so precious. And God, we pray that we would use our lives for your glory. That's why you made us, God. That's why you made creation, to give you glory. And Lord, we don't give you the glory like we should. We have fallen short of that. But God, we pray that in this year, we would step up. We would stand out. We would stand firm. We would be fresh in our walk with you, that we wouldn't just, it wouldn't be mundane and boring. Um, Lord, that we would really freshly look at your word and ask, really, what does it mean for my life? God, I just pray that you would work in and through Hillcrest this year. I thank you so much for this wonderful church family who has blessed my family in so many ways. 
Um, God, I know that you have so many things in store. More people need to be saved, God, and know about Jesus Christ and the gospel, um, Lord, to have everlasting life and, Lord, to be saved from eternal judgment. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be on fire for that, God, to help make connections with our community, make connections with our friends, our neighbors, and people around us that don't know Jesus as Savior, that we would plant those gospel seeds, Lord, that we would equip the next generation, and that, God, we would step up and be volunteers and uh, workers for you, knowing that our work is not in vain because it's for you, God. Anything we do for you is not in vain. Lord, even if we don't see that fruit, we know that you are working. And even if we don't see it or feel it, Lord, you're still faithful. We praise you, God, for your presence in this place. Bless us as we go out and bless. Uh, Lord, I pray your blessings on every single family here in this new year. May we, may we draw closer and closer to you day by day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.